0: You know, I, I'm not a fan of the term pivot, you know, uh, just because it, I think it just says to somebody, well, let me just kind of forget what I was doing before and let me pivot over to this new thing. And I would just say that you're probably, you know, so close to, to what might be the bigger opportunity that because you're so caught up in the day-to-day and on that hamster wheel of tactics, you're missing it.
1: Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Baloo. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Baloo. And boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest has become a dear friend, a brother from another mother. He is an entrepreneur, a speaker, a mentor, and an investor. He has become known as America's startup success expert for performing hundreds of keynote speeches worldwide, and for his popular sessions at top conferences like Secret Knock, CEO Space International, City Summit, Power Team International, and Habitude Warrior. He's been the co-founder or founding team member of eight startups with five exits, two IPOs, and three acquisitions. And as a primary member of the legendary firm, Constant Contacts founding team, this gentleman was one of the original three who started the company up in an attic, he was with the company for 18 years from startup to IPO to a $1.1 billion acquisition. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Alec Stern. Welcome to the show, Alec.
0: Uh, Nikki. hey, thanks for that warm welcome.
1: <laughs> you bet, my man, you bet. Alec, you know, you and I have gotten to know each other. I feel like we're kindred spirits, like we have a desire, a belief to make a difference out in the world. The person listening to this show is someone who is an entrepreneur, and they are somebody who is coming here in order to be inspired, in order to get what they need, in order to be successful in the world at large out there. But before they can fully open their hearts and their souls to you, they need to get to know you. They need to hear your backstory. They need to fall in love with it. So Stella, tell us your backstory. How'd you get to become the great Alex Stern?
0: (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, growing up, uh, we sort of lived in a situation where we, we you know we were provided for but if there's something that we wanted special you know we better go get you know get get the money somehow and uh, get it ourselves so so I became an entrepreneur at eight or nine years old and started uh, uh, running running the show in the neighborhood for you know shoveling snow cutting lawns detailing cars eventually hiring some of the younger kids in the neighborhood to work for me as I got more business than I could handle and you know, found ways to, to make money, and so I, you know, that gave me sort of I guess my uh, junior sea legs of being an entrepreneur, and and then uh, as I got older, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm an idea guy, and I'm always thinking of new, new and creative things to do, and started a big company, and then uh, one of the folks that were about eight eight levels above me, worldwide head of sales and marketing for a larger company. There's over 800 salespeople. I was in business development there. He was leaving to go to a startup with some other folks from the same firm. And he said, I want to take you with me. So I had a big book of business in front of me. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want to leave all that money on the table. He's like, I can't, I can't assure you what's going to happen. But but I tell you, if it, if, if, if this, you know, obviously if it has success, it'll, it'll be big. And so I didn't join initially, but three months later I called him and said, I want in. So I quit, joined the firm and, and uh, five years to the day we went public. And so wow. I, I was like, okay, this piece of paper is worth what? <laughs> and so got the concept that didn't really uh, settle in until, you know, we actually had that, that exit moment of uh, internet, uh, um, you know, that sort of initial public offering. So, so that gave me a taste of it. And, you know, sort of eight, eight, now it's more than eight, but uh, you know, st- uh, eight other startups and, 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 really working through those from a lot of them on, on the founding team or, or as a co-founder and, Uh, So I'd say I started early and kind of got that. Uh, My mom was also an entrepreneur. So I sort of saw what what it was like to run your own business and and sort of just jumped into it. Uh, Both feet, both hands, full body.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. You know, my father was an entrepreneur as well. His proudest boast back home was, you know, son, we get to feed 51 families, ours and the 50 people who worked for his company. So kudos to you for that. It's a beautiful thing. To me, the entrepreneur is the most valuable member of society. Nothing happens until an entrepreneur goes out there and pursues their dream. Despite all the naysayers, the entrepreneur creates all the jobs, all the innovation. And quite frankly, without the entrepreneur, nothing great in society would move forward. All big enterprises, all these sclerotic bureaucratic organizations were once entrepreneurial ones. And so I salute you for doing what you do for the entrepreneur.
0: Uh, thank you. Yeah, and I. Uh, uh, so, so I mean, in my DNA is you know the entrepreneur, the solopreneur, the small business. Um, you know, a lot of the companies that I've started uh, have really centered around helping helping that audience and and try to try to bring them to the next level. Some of the stuff was on the back end and wasn't stuff you really saw. And you know constant contact was the first uh, uh, first, first on a lot of fronts, but you know the first one that was on the front end to really help the small business and that entrepreneur to. To, to, you know, get their message out and, and give them all sort of the tools and resources that the bigger box competitors had that no one on main street, small business had. So we, we really were uh, trailblazing there. And, you know, one of those, um, you know, 15% of a new idea that didn't exist versus the 85% of just executing better on a product or service in that instance. And um, it was exciting. It was exciting, um, you know, to, to see what we could do when the small businesses and, And those solopreneurs got, got wide eyed with how we could help them stay in touch and grow their business.
1: Yeah. Amen. 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 You know, the most, the most important thing, first of all, is to, is to, is to care about making a difference for these types of folks. And the second thing is to go out there and actually start spreading the message of, Hey, you matter, you're important. And I want to show you how you can win. And that really has been your ethos for the last little while. Hasn't it?
0: Yes, it has. And uh. Um, you know, just I mean, it, there's so many so many ways that they they need uh, that they need help, and then that leads to so many opportunities to to build products and services to help them. And so, so they're you know they often you know are that general store owner manager where they're wearing all the hats. But at some point, you know, they've got to sort of focus and stay in their lane, and then bring in other uh, other people and or resources. And if you can give them something that easy to use self service, that's kind of help them grow their business. So you're either going to save them time or maybe uh, cut expense or increase revenue. You know, you're onto something that, that they're going to want and, and probably need. And, or at least once you've shown it to them, they realize it's a need. So
1: no, you know, that's beautifully said, my friend, it's beautifully said. Um, so Alec, let's, let's give some good tips to the folks listening over here right now. So You know, we're living in in some unprecedented times. There's this COVID, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, that's been happening. There has been a lockdown, global economic lockdown. Some countries are opening up uh, faster than others. Some countries aren't opening up very fast. Within certain countries, there are different paces at which people are opening up. For a lot of businesses, uncertainty reigns. And uncertainty is tough for folks to deal with. So what do you say to these folks who own businesses right now and are trying to find a way to make it to be successful, to to do what they need to do in order to make their dreams come true?
0: Yeah, so uh, excellent point. And the market conditions today have changed a lot of things and the way business is being done today has changed and the way it will be done in the future will change as well. So, so this is just, I guess, giving us that opportunity. Um, You know, we really need to be focusing on on the business, not in the business. So let's not worry about the day-to-day, the hamster wheel, the tactics, the stuff you were doing every day. What are you doing now to really look at your business strategically and understand, are are you on the path that you either want to be on or need to be on? So I've asked hundreds and hundreds of small businesses and entrepreneurs, you know, if you look at your three to five-year vision of where you're going with your business today, are you on the path to success that you're looking for? And half of them say no. You know, we got to kind of talk about it for a little bit, and they really kind of fess up and say, "You know what? I'm not." And so, then that's just you know, that's that. Let's work on that business. Let's figure out that strategy. If you're on a lane of a highway with your business today, what really might be the success factor could be adjacent, to the next lane on either side. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a fan of the term pivot. You know, just because it, I think it just says to somebody, "Well, let me just kind of forget what I was doing before, and let me pivot over to this new thing." And I would just say that you're probably, you know, so close. To, to what might be the bigger opportunity that because you're so caught up in the day-to-day and on that hamster wheel of tactics, you're missing it. So really, as we've you know, dug in and we've looked for things, I'd say that's the first aha moment. You know, uh, are they really on that right path? I think the second thing that I identified in, in spending a lot of time with these folks is that I think people are, you know, we're, we're stuck, we're fearful or whatever, And so we're, we're, we're letting down our guard in terms of how we do business and how we treat our customers. So I asked, them, what are you doing now to just spend more time with your customers than you did when your shop or or your services were available? You're going to see them in person and so on stuff. You're not able to do now. What are you doing to be more in touch with them? And, and they're not, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm going to wait. You know, once my stuff opens up again, I'll kind of circle back and big miss, big miss. because we need to be in front of our, our current customers today and figure out a way to uh, engage with them, nurture them and have a good experience with them. So I've just been in touch with all kinds of different businesses. So I'll give you a couple quick examples. So I, like, like a gallery, art gallery, you know, ask the owner, where's all the art? Oh, we have it all locked up. Well, you know, we'll, we'll pull it all back out once we open up again. And And I was like, um, okay, so why don't you take one of your favorite artists, bring six or eight pieces home, set up a, you know, a a video art show, Mm -hmm. right? And invite all your customers, encourage they do watch parties, show the art, bring on as a guest, the artist. let them talk about their backstory, let them talk about the different pieces of art as you're showing them and have a curated art exhibit, if you will, virtually. And then, uh, so, so, so they went on and they were doing things like that. And so I, I uh, happened to run into them because I was just walking to do a couple of errands. And I'm like, how's everything going? They said, you know, it's been great. We, we've been doing a lot of stuff with our customers. They're inviting new people to, to sort of hear about us. And, and in fact, we did this something virtually and, and there was a watch party. And so we didn't even know bought a piece of art. I'm like you didn't know them, but your customer knew them because it was a watch party and it was their connections to other connections and and I said, So what you're doing is you're you're nurturing them and your best prospect is your current customer because their their sphere of influence, their network of influence are really where your, your future prospects sit. Everyone thinks, well they're good, they'll come in when they wanna come in. I'm gonna go get new people somewhere else. So you're gonna invest a lot of time and money to 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 try to you know, uh, get new customers, but but working through your current customers is, is your best opportunity. So that was another thing that was a real eye opener, that people just were were sort of backing down and and waiting. Let's just wait. If we have to wait, they're waiting, we'll all wait. By the time you open up a lot of them won't come back around again. They may have they may have found some of their experience or have thought of other things and 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 if you have a business that has something that's higher ticket, like a white cloth, you know, beautiful candlelit uh, restaurant, where they only go on special occasions, why doesn't that chef come home with you, you know, where, where every Friday night, it's, it's a family, family experience to cook with the chef. So you get your, you know, Wednesday, or uh, they get you the, the, the shopping list. They tell you what to sue chef and, and prepare ahead of time, just like you see on TV. Then they go on a, a Zoom together, they cook together. There's, there's techniques for cutting and techniques for the cooking. And Pairings with wine and this that and the other, and and then when you're all said and done, the family enjoys a meal. So, so they could be experiencing so many things with with those businesses virtually today. Uh, that that a lot of them, are, you know, uh, weren't really thinking about. So, as you, as pressing folks, you know, uh, there's so many all different businesses can be doing that. And if you're a startup and you have something that's not as, as something that they're coming in and from a retail perspective, well, now's your time to go to your target market. You know, if you're building out new features, get their feedback. If you're brand new and you have an idea and you want to get that feedback, you can get to your target market. Within two degrees of separation of your network, you're going to find the people you need to speak to. And in those situations where you're going to go get that feedback, the only thing I just say is don't go to the people you know, people you've done business with before and family. They're all going to tell you how much they love you. And you want brutal, honest feedback, so you go to strangers. And you can get that through your network to find someone who is your target market, and get that feedback.
1: You know, that's really good advice. It's really, really good advice. There's something that uh, Teresa and I are doing, which is serving clinic owners, private clinic owners right now, right? And we've we've been successful with a couple that we've worked with, but we want to take this to the next level. And one of the things we got to do is we got to go get feedback from people and terms of hey do you like this messaging is this the right messaging you know and we haven't gotten that so that's one thing i think we're gonna we're gonna go after and make happen right away and secondarily i think it's important to get feedback from these kinds of folks in terms of what we want to do for people not just the messaging but you know how what it is that we're trying to help make happen for these folks so all really really good points
0: yeah I think the other key thing there is um, when you're going to go to somebody you haven't spoken to before and probably don't know well, but just got referred in to get their feedback, I usually lead with the value. So I would say to them, Hey, so what are your, what's your goal and vision in business? and What are the things that you have a lot of today that you want more of? What are the things you don't have that you wish you had and get them talking, right? This is the listening part where you're going to get them talking about their business and the things that they want or need. And then when you, play back your value prop to them, then then it can be done in a way. Well, so so what I'm hearing is if you could grow your business or or uh, have have more contact and more experiences with your current customers or whatever the things they're going to say, then, then when you're presenting back, well, imagine if you had something where we, we either taught you or we provided you or we gave you a, a product or service that's going to do the things you just mentioned and you play it back for them. Would that be of interest to you? And the answer no, it leads to the answer of yes, that would be. And so, so instead of just coming in, let me, you know, I always say uh, the spray and pray. Let me just let me just throw a bunch of stuff at you and stop me when I told you something you're interested in. You know, pray that they're going to be interested. Well, the bottom line is you can be real targeted with that when you hear what they what their needs are, what their wants are, where the problems are. And you you know, sort of get them speaking about that. Usually, you're you're then going to be able to present back something that's going to help them. And I think, you know, that's exactly what we did, you know, in, in going out initially and talking to small businesses and, you know, I, I was able to go get four that I didn't know before to become customers, get that brutal, honest feedback. But I really heard what it was that they wanted. I want to stay in touch with my customers. I want to drive them back in. I want more revenue. I want, you know, uh, you know new customers, whatever those things were. Well, imagine if you had, uh, if, if we could level the playing field for you against the big competitors out there and give you a self-service, easy-to-use tool that all you had to worry about was what did you want to say, uh, when did you want to send it, and to whom you wanted to send it to. That was it. Everything else would be very easy-to-use self-service. Would that be of interest to you? Of course. I would love that. And, of course, that opened the door for us to then show them, you know, and I guess the the last point on this is, you know, we were nowhere near a finished product. Everyone's like, well, we got to just sort of stay in stealth mode, which I put in quotes you know, or we gotta like stay close to the vest, we gotta keep working on it, it's just not ready yet. I mean, the bottom line is you gotta get out as early as possible and get that feedback and they're gonna give some direction about the experience, the user experience or or the features. And you want that early because, you know, you don't wanna to go too far down the line, finish something and go out to them and then they're like, I don't want that. That's not, that's not, that's not gonna help me in any way. Yeah. And I see that all the time, especially building mobile apps. You know, someone spends seventy-five to one hundred grand to build a mobile app on all the platforms, and then go out and give it to someone. Well, prototype it, prototype it, show it to somebody, let them go through the screen experience, and then tell you if they think it would be useful or not. And I think if you know doing that just, just creates a winning formula to create something, get it out in market that that's wanted, uh, simply by listening to to your target market and getting their feedback.
1: Honestly, listening to your target market and getting their feedback is the most important thing somebody can do in this day and age. Your message, the problem you solve is everything. Business is about solving problems. And too many people don't really want to take the time to figure out what that really is. What that really is, is very, very simple, right? There are people out there that are experiencing a level of pain, a level of frustration in an area of their life, in an area of their business. You're in business because you want to corral a certain group of those people with the type of thing that your product, your service, your offering solves. And solves better than anybody else. And you need to really get that figured out in your own mind. Because if you don't have that figured out in your own mind, there's no way you're ever going to get customers.
0: You got it. Exactly. Yeah, And and I think we just get so caught up on... You know, and I also hear this a lot. Well, I used to be my target market or I, you know, I've been around them a lot. I know what they need. I know what they want. You don't. And especially when things change, like the market conditions today, you need to be getting that feedback real time all the time from your target market. And you don't know. And you might have been a small business, for example, for 10 years. Well, offering to something small businesses from that experience, there's a plus there because you can talk to them and you, you are in their shoes. They can relate. You can relate but you gotta get it from that current current feedback from that target market.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. I was going through an exercise last week about what's the one word that describes the problem I solve. And, you know, I came up with a couple of different words that are very close. So the first word I came up with was procrastination. The biggest problem I solve for people is procrastination. I get them to take action. But really inaction is maybe an even better way of saying it like people that are not in action, not doing what they need to be doing. There's a lot of people inside of our space that they don't want to do the, the most important things that generate results. Like they don't want to sell. That's what I'm figuring out. So many people just don't want to sell. They want to put it off and do all the nice shiny things inside their business other than sales. You know, They want to deliver a program or they want to record a video or whatever the heck it is. But at the end of the day, they don't even want to sell and they need to sell. Every business needs to sell. And so one of my superpowers, one of the things that I really love to do is get people off the dime and get them in action. So if they're they're not acting, if they're procrastinating, then I think that's a good solution for me to, to say, hey. This is the problem I solve. I solve the problem. You're not taking the actions you should be taking. Let's get it fixed.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I I totally agree with you. And I think uh, it's hesitation, it's inaction, it's procrastination. There are a lot of, that are a lot of things that someone, um, you know, is this in your wheelhouse? Is it in your comfort zone? So a lot of times they're like, I'm not a salesperson and, and I just don't feel comfortable selling. I'm like, tell me about your business. You know, why would I come to you? Why would I do business with you? Well, boy, they turn into the best consultative salesperson when they can just talk from that perspective. And I'm like, you don't have to be selling as much as you just just be consultative and you can be providing like all the sort of the benefits and the reasons why someone should work with you and what you're going to do that's, you know, uh, your sort of unique value prop. And, you know, you share those things and someone someone's going to say, not you don't have to say, do you want to buy from me? They're going to say, I want to buy from you. Like you're having a conversation with them. You are selling whether you want to call it selling or not and how you want to spin that, you you know, being consultative, being strategic, you know, just really sort of presenting how you could take someone's uh, life or business to the next level. Those are the things that someone's going to say, well, I want to, I want to work with you. And so if you do it well, you could drive to the point where they're going to ask for it before you have to say, do you want to buy from me? Because they would have already had the uh, sort of that hit that aha moment that I should be working with you. So it's really important. You should uh, always be selling ABS and always be pitching ABP.
1: ABP, (laughs) I love it. ABS and ABP, those are all very, very true. I I, I really like what you're saying over here because so many people come to business and they they don't really have a clear understanding of what business is all about. Every enterprise needs to treat what it does as a mission. Every enterprise has to say, okay, we need to get this many clients. We need to, to serve this many people. And I was reading some work by Steve Pressfield. Are you familiar with Steve Pressfield? He wrote The War of Art. Uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was talking about how when he was a, a brand new Hollywood screenwriter, he met a very successful Hollywood screenwriter who said that she treated herself as though she were a large enterprise, right? And she would have status meeting every monday morning with herself <laughs> she <laughs> would see where she was at she would have goals and objectives and she would think that hey i am competing with the big dogs out there so i need to treat my enterprise like them and i loan myself out to the enterprise as the asset and i went wow that's really really brilliant so for a lot of consultant solopreneur types That's what they need to do. They need to get up on Monday morning and say, okay, time for the status meeting at nine o'clock on Monday morning, okay? So Monday morning, they have that status meeting. Okay, 10 o'clock, you know what? Let's start doing our outbound calls, right? 11 o'clock, okay, calls are over. Now it's time to go do a little bit of creative work, like create the program that I'm gonna be putting out there. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. It's really powerful. It's a great way to move forward inside business because that way then you, you don't start taking things personally about oh my god i didn't do this i didn't do that hey you're an enterprise enterprises have ups enterprises have downs as long as you follow the plan eventually you're going to be okay
0: yeah i think the, the one thing you didn't comment on is the team meeting because i always had the me myself and i in a meeting yeah me myself so, and and gather I, the yeah. three of us and have a meeting yeah <laughs> uh so yeah you got it uh, so, so this is this is one of my mantras is look big act big become big right? So in the earliest days, you're, like it's, yourself, it's yourself or it's whatever it is. So you want to look big, right? So I'll ask people you know, when I speak at conferences, how many of you have a, have a business email address that ends in Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail, or if you're older, ATT, AOL, whatever. How many of you are using that from a business perspective? And it may be your name at or your business name at Gmail or whatever it is. Raise, Show your hands. About 40% of the people raise their hand, minimum. Wow. So, what that's saying is, you can't, you're not even investing in yourself, in your own brand. You have a domain, but you're not paying the five bucks to get an email address that has the business name, at thebusinessname.com. Right? That, that's perception. Like, how serious will someone take you in business when you hand them a card or you send them an email from a Gmail account? Like, are they real? Like, it doesn't matter. Again, perception. The second thing is, we're, we've gotten so attuned to short conversations, quick little emails. You know, the 147-character Twitter and others have conditioned us to just let's keep it short and sweet. And so that's fine. But if you're going to get on a call, and today more so than ever are are we're doing virtual calls with video, you know, build a five-slide deck, okay? The five slides, who we are, what we do, what makes us unique, what our customers are saying. And again, it can only be a few, but that's fine. And, and uh, how we might work together. So if you're talking to a customer, a strategic partner, an investor, uh, a advisor, mentor, whoever it is, whoever it is, you do those five slides, who we are, what we do, what makes us unique, what our customers are saying, and how we might work together. And you get on that call and you say, you know, listen, I really appreciate your time. I just put a short, you know, few slides together that could frame the conversation. Would you be fine if I kick the call off with those? They always say yes. And it's branded and you're, you're presenting this could be your first call to that type to, to a customer, to a partner, to whoever it is. It doesn't matter. They don't know that. Now you put your best foot forward. You're branded. You look good. You look professional. And so you deliver that. When you finish the call, you send them a PDF version of it so they can have it. So they can, re- they can look at it again, maybe share it with others. Cause guess what? The next call is going to be a, you know, probably the team decision team to talk about whether they're going to work with you to buy your product or service. So you get on that next call with the team and you, you've now avoided the telephone game. You say something, they heard it a certain way. They write it down. They tell someone else by the second person. They're like, we don't need that. What? what? That doesn't make sense. That's not something we, we, we're going to need. But if you, if you, if they can refer back to the deck when they want to talk to someone else or share it, you know, you get a better shot of you telling that story through those slides. Then you get back on the call with the team and you say, listen, I, I've put together you know short, short few slides to just frame the conversation. I know we sent it over. Maybe some of you have seen it. But just a level set. Do you mind if I kick off the call showing those? And they always say, yes, own the call again. So now you look professional. You're acting professional. It's not your first time at this rodeo. And it may be, but they don't know that. And now, now you have a better chance of, of, of you know, looking big and acting big. And then it's the perception part right? Every, you know, the first thing I would do whenever I starting a company, I I'd get some branded clothing, pens, something, a book, like you're going to go to trade shows, you're going to go to meetings, you know, something that shows, you know, that, that you're, you're sort of branded this business. doesn't cost a lot of money or, or, or effort. Um, and then if you're walking on a trade show floor and you got a shirt on with your name, like, Oh, constant contact. What's that? Who's that? You know, you might put your URL on the back or, you know, whatever, get creative with the, the design. And, um, and so I always want a perception again. And I had more people say to me, wow, you guys are big, huh? I'm like, yeah, you know, we're, we're as big as we need to be now, but we're growing. So, yeah, we went from three people to four people or, you know, four people to five people. Like, you know, no one knows, right? And then you go off again, perception. You get, you know, three or four customers. So I, I went to walk the you know, streets to find like three or four small businesses, get them to use our product, get that brutal allowance feedback, and then have folks to get the feedback, but also like a case study and, and a success story. And then I get to a strategic partner, large strategic partner that had millions of my target market. And boy, if we got and uh, uh, partnered with them and they put us in front of those millions, you know, we're off to the races. And so, so, so I would um, uh, get those four references buttoned up, make sure they're happy. If they were to take a call from them, they would say something positive. And boy, we had a lot of problems. It's down again, it broke, there's a bug, there's this, you know, you deal with it, right? So I had those four and those partners would say, do you have any references? I give them three. They're like, do you have any more? I'm like, I'll give you one more. No one asked for a fifth. Don't tweet that. (laughs) So we had, we just worked with what we had. Again, perception, we looked big. And and so those four were critical for us. But the one thing I want to say just in terms of scale, because you know, you're going to get going and so on. The big scale factor and the difference in in the businesses where uh, all of my successes happened is we had a channel strategy. We had a scaling channel strategy, alliances, partnerships. You know, we were, we were going to where our target market was hanging out and teaming up with others, you know, and through others to get exposed to our target market. And that gave us the leverage versus having to have a big war chest of money to do our own marketing. That came later. We earned it with revenue, but, and, and we also did take in some, uh, some investment, but we we're hundred percent channels. When we started, got the four customers, built out a channel, but we, Uh, When we ultimately sold the company, we had over 8,000 channel partners. It was a major part of the business. 100% in the beginning, stayed a major part of the business. And when someone asks you the question, how are you going to scale the business? The answer is not, I'm going to hire 100 salespeople. Or I'm going to take a bunch of money and pour it into marketing. You know, you've got to have the answer. And it's usually a channel strategy that's one of those things. And it's directional. Hey, we got these small businesses. You know, uh, through this, the channel of those we've signed on to date, we have access to a million small businesses, but the opportunity is even greater. Like you can show directionally. Now, if we have money to get the heads in hands to help work with partnerships and marketing to build the messaging and then do more in the product development, then they're going to fund that, not fund 100 people. Unless your product's a $100,000, you know, per sale, sure, you can go sell enterprise and have a lot of salespeople doing that. But for any other market, it's typically a channel strategy that, that will show directionally and also prove the growth, the growth path through channels. And so so all of that playing together, I think, is what you know, you look big, you act big, and you become big.
1: Look big, act big, become big. I love it. So I want to ask about the channel strategy because I'm thinking about it for this thing that Teresa and I are working on getting out there in a bigger way right now, right? So we have a program, um, we call it Million Dollar Clinic. And what it is, is it's a program designed to help private clinic owners who are good doctors but aren't necessarily trained in business and have hit a wall, right? In terms of they're working really hard, they're not necessarily making the money they want to be making or growing. And... They want to have more time. They want to have more money. So that those are those are the guys. So this is a bit of a higher ticket sale. So it's a five figure sale. How would you create a channel strategy around a five figure item like this?
0: Yeah. And so so, so let's so, say
1: chiropractors. Let's just pick those. It's like one, one group we can go after.
0: Yeah. And so uh, so the channel strategy. First and foremost, you know, you've got your offering and you have figured out kind of the sort of the price point. Uh, you know, you can equate to like, you know, the average chiropractor business with so many chiropractors in the, you know, uh, in the business is going to generate so much in revenue. So if you have something that's going to optimize what they're doing today, you know, you, and you can get 10, 20, 30, 40% more out of the in revenue, you could do the math to say, well, that's, you know, 400,000 a year. And I'm asking you to invest a hundred thousand to get that. And then guess what? That's the gift that keeps repeating every year. You know, for you as well. So, so there's ways to sort of just be able to to to, to show them that. Now to get to them is the other question. Like you know, yeah. building up the army of salespeople to go door to door calling on chiropractors. You know, there's one one of the channels. The catapart-
1: army's me right now. I <laughs> know.
0: Yeah, well, no, actually, it's you yourself and it, me, myself and I.
1: Me, myself three. and I. Yes.
0: Yeah, it's three of us. with when uh when i most of the companies i start. <laughs> so me myself and i are going to get out there we're gonna we're gonna you know hit, hit the ground running so you, initially you're going to go you know you're going to go to those chiropractors you're going to work your network find out who knows someone who's either uh you, you know as a patient as a friend as a colleague as a family member who's a chiropractor you're going to get out and you're going to get some warm association leads in and be able to talk to them and and it would be an open conversation coming in from a warmer source. So you'll go do some of that and you're going to, you know, land some of those folks. You're going to get some references, you know, and then you have the story to tell. You'll have case studies to show the success that someone's had, you know, once that's, you have that, then it makes it, you know, each sale after makes it, it makes it easier. They want to speak to somebody they can talk to a peer, but the key thing is how do you get to them in mass, uh, you know, from there. And so, so I challenge everyone, whatever it is that you're offering product or service there's at least 15 channel categories that you can, that you can um, uh, find minimum 15. The one everyone shares, no matter what you're doing is association of member orders. So local, regional, national uh, there's networking groups, there's thought leadership uh, associations around chiropractic, right? So the association of chiropractors of America, right. Or North America or whatever, you know, then, you know, if you have something that's gonna save them time, save them money, or increase revenue, you know, that association would love to get you in front of them. And if you come at it from a thought leadership perspective, perspective of best practices that you could be providing them, they'll take it all day long. Because associations have a membership fee and those chiropractors are paying the fee and it's sort of like insurance. Like, what do I need this for until someone has an accident? Like, that? God I have insurance. But when you're paying for that membership fee, there's sort of a lot of people always sort of question, like, do we really need to still be a member? Like, what are we getting out of it? When you can, when you go to member services or the benefits programs of an association, and you're offering something to those members, that's going to help them grow the business. That's a, a value add that someone will say, I'm so glad I'm part of this membership because they brought me this cool thing, this service, this product, this program, that's, that's, Helping grow my business, help me be more efficient. What are the five things you're going to do that are going to help them? Like, wow, this is so great. And if you do package it up as best practices, they're going to want to hear from you. They're going to want to write articles. They're going to want you to submit to their publications, speak at their conference. You know, um, I mean, you know, constant contact that told, you know, we had 8,000 partners, but we didn't count every single one in certain categories, but we were working with over 10,000 association of member orgs. And a thousand, of, a thousand of them, we had a more formal benefit pro- program that they were offering to the members. And it doesn't always have to be money. You might just offer some other customized uh, virtual, you know, video conference for the member or a white paper or a webinar or a podcast or something that's, you know, for the members, you get the executive director on and they, they're at the welcome. Want to, you know, Nikki and, uh, and Teresa and team have this incredible thing to help you take your business to the next level. And. You know, we welcome them here today, and you know, just you know, validation and, and support. But then you're you're going to those folks to get to you, to the to your target market because they're hanging out there. And so so the associations one just one of the fifteen categories to start, but there's so many others where there are people that are offering. This is a program of a consultancy, if you will. You could be training the trainer, and others eventually could be out selling it, and you deliver, or eventually maybe you train them to deliver as well. Uh, if it's something that gets more pro- programmatized and it's online, then it's easy. They they could sell it on to someone who signs on and you know goes through your sort of your, your education and you know they, um you know there's all kinds of different ways to get others that are gonna put it in the tool bag and go out and talk to your target market. So it's understanding, get on a whiteboard and start putting up who's influencing and talking to the chiropractors today. And one of the key things when I go out and talk to customers early on. Who influences you? Where do you go to get your information around what we're doing or things like it? Or are you part of any associations? Which one do you belong to? You know, which ones do you belong to? There's usually several local, regional, national, you know, some that are for more networking and gatherings to there might be some, you know, um, chiropractor owners gatherings, you know, which would be your target market. You know, any chance you can get in there and speak and talk about you can help how you can help them. If one of those becomes one of your customers, you, know, you, you kind of throw them a bone to, to, to be able to tell their quick story of how they went from A to B with you and in whatever amount of time. So there's a lot of ways to, to go out and build out that channel market map, figure out who those 15 minimum categories are. And, and I just, just got off a of phone with someone this morning that I worked with last week and challenged them to find 15 categories. And they're like, there aren't 15. I'm like, just trust me on this one. I guarantee you. I guarantee there's at least fifteen. Well, speaking this morning, there's thirty. They found thirty. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like fought me on the concept, and now that you know, and then it, you pick like association member orgs is like an Uber category with multiple subcategories. Yeah, when you start digging in here, like other influencers uh, in the industry that are that are speaking to chiropractors, consultants, and others, there's all kinds of different categories for where you could be packaging this up offering it through somebody else or they may just refer or, or, uh, you know, just, just, uh, tell somebody about you and then it passes over and you guys decide to give and get between, um, sometimes, uh, you know, associations, it's not money it's, and they have in their charter. They can't take money from these services. They want you to give a member benefit. Hey, because you're a member of this association, if you just, if you do this with us, we're going to offer you something special in either, either thought leadership best practices or possibly money. So really think that through. Uh, the channel strategy is the answer for scale. And if anyone's going to go out and get an investment, they're not going to sit in an investor meeting and have the question asked, how are you going to scale this? And say, well, hire 100 people. That investor is not going to give you money to, to go hire 100 people. Unless, again, it's you know a real high ticket item that warrants that consultancy and, and the hand, the the one-on-one touch of someone coming in or versus referred in through others, which still could could apply there too
1: i like it that's pretty that's pretty that's pretty genius like i gotta tell you it's it's very very well thought out and i think it applies to anybody who wants to scale so really the first thing we've got to really do is go and exhaust our own network yeah. and and the networks of the people we know and that can take quite a while and as we're doing that and we get some more successes, then we got to go and talk to some folks like associations and other channels and set up the 15 channel strategy. So Alec, to give you a little bit of feedback, like from a consultative point of view. So there'd be three things I'd put in there. I'd call this the, the Alex Stern startup success strategy. So threes are good, right? So number one is you got to have the vision right you got to have the vision where do you want to go what are you trying to do for yourself because you said that you tell I, I don't know if you used the word vision but you said vision the second thing you need to do is you need to have the strategy of going into your own networks right because you did say that too go into your own networks find ways to get the first few sales because you did that too and third you need the 15 channel partner strategy that's your secret sauce vision network Fifteen channel partner <laughs> strategy. Yeah.
0: So yeah. that
1: that's kind of like the Alex Stern secret sauce. Because when I listen to that, I go, "Damn, we can do this!"
0: Right. And so, so, the, so, just on the networking side, you know, I just I wrote a uh, this was published in a magazine, and it's on my website as a blog post. But um, you know, uh, so so we're all we're all centered around social distancing and physical distancing. And at this time, what I ask people to do is long distancing go back into your Rolodex, go back into your contacts in your phone, go back into your life and say, who influenced you at some point in time that you're just not in touch with anymore? So make those long distance reaches to, you know, your past professors, mentors, you know, people you worked with, you know, uh, maybe investors or, or um, whoever that made family, whoever was sort of an influence. And you're to go back out and touch with them uh, get in touch with them and, and ask, how are you? What are you doing? What are you working on? Nikki, what can I do to help you? And of course, they're going to come back and say, well, tell me about what you're working on. How can I help you? And you say, well, I've got this, you know, this chiropractic program that, we're, we're, that we, we know uh, from this we can to take them from this level to this level and save this and time, money and, and uh, save time and effort and, and also increase revenue. That's the gift that's going to keep on giving every year. And, you know, that's, you know, we, and so, so, you know, and, and then they ask, you know, do you, do you know any chiropractors? Do you know anyone, any, um, where, uh, in sort of in your world where you think we, you know, it'd be good for us to talk to them. And I uh, would love any, you know, would you have three people you could suggest if you don't give them a number, like your threes, they'll give you one.
1: They'll give you one. So,
0: you know, it's like, okay, can you, you provide three names of folks I should talk to? Or maybe you know where, maybe you know some of uh, some of the organizations where the chiropractors are hanging out with our, our support services or consultants or folks that are working with them. And they're like, in fact, yeah, I got so-and-so and, you know, uh, goes out and, and helps them set up operations for, for medical practices, but they do a lot with chiropractic. Like, I'd love to talk to so-and-so, right? So, so you know, it, so the long distancing is just this So, sort of, the, you know, now, now more than ever, people have a little extra time. They're not necessarily as busy as they were before and take advantage. And I've, I have made some incredible connections with people in my network that I had just lost touch with that no you
1: know, it's a beautiful thing you know, it really really is I, I I I totally like it so so uh, Alec to, to kind of practice that a little bit because we started to do that the other day who, who can I connect you with
0: yeah no I appreciate that uh you know it uh I mean you know for me for me you know I I, I I've spent a lot of time you know this last sort of four to five months um getting out there, getting out the message out and and helping as many people as I can. Now I'm getting a little bit more sort of, sort of targeted on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and strategic to make sure that, you know, it's the right situations, you know, so, so folks like yourself that have, have, um, you know, deliver a great message, have a great following, have a great platform to help entrepreneurs. So that, you know, so which I appreciate spending this time with you as, as, as we've been spending a lot of time as of late. But, but but other uh, any other situations where you think it would be a good fit for me that could get to this audience, because, you know, in the end, I'm looking to speak more, and then once we open up the floodgates to getting out there in person, go back out, you know, doing, doing the, all the live stuff I was doing and more, and then some. But also, um, you know, coaching and mentoring and consulting for helping, helping take an idea forward, you know, if you've already started it, how to really formalize that, or if you want to scale it. So it's, you know um, – Got a program that we're just putting together to launch. Um, that's thinkstartscale.com dot com, and it's really an gorgeous.
1: airplane that just flew over our studio. I think it was a chopper, so we're going to hear that thing. <laughs> there was no way to stop it.
0: Yeah, no worries. We're not fully I,
1: soundproof here. Sorry about that. No worries. Listen, I, he, I could feel his vibe going through my body. That was just hilarious. I'm like, whoa, yeah. he's close. <laughs>
0: I got to tell you, my my experience over the last five months is, and, and today would have been the case, except I've gotten very close to the. Uh, I, uh, about eight feet from here is my, the, the wall of my brownstone in, in Boston. Nice. And now the other side of that wall, they're gutting the whole brownstone. So wow. I would be sitting here with the jackhammer starting like, you know, eight feet from me. Nice. That's- I literally got, I, I just didn't know this, but from my past, I know the general contractor and the owner. I ran into him on the street. I'm like, Oh, what are you doing in the neighborhood? He's like, Oh, you know, I bought this building. We're redoing it. I'm like, no kidding. I live here. He's like, Oh, you're next door. Wow. And I said, I gotta just, you know, I'm so glad I met you. I was literally wanted to meet someone, you know, involved because I do I'm doing a ton of live, you know, you know, where I'm being live and recorded, you know, podcasts and interviews <laughs> and summits. And I'd be in the middle of saying something that's all like, <laughs> you know, like I gotta I, like that's I can so control awesome. it. Like I'm picking up the computer running somewhere in the house. I so know, you
1: man. You can't, you can't well listen, uh, these days you can't, everything's being done remotely. So
0: you right. got to be a little bit flexible around, with you know, things
1: like that that happen. I mean,
0: so so he's been so great, that he said, "Listen, text me, text me if you're, you know, give me the time block." So I told him today I was going to be on with you, and this like I was deafening, you know, pounding on you know beams and whatever, and then like five minutes before we started this, it stopped, and it's now silent.
1: God and, bless you know, him! God then, bless him!
0: When we're done, they'll start it up again. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. So listen, I connected you with one of my friends who has an entrepreneur podcast, Jazz to Car. I've yeah. got a few others as well, which I can connect you with. Thank um, you. I think that, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, when this, when we finish the recording, I'll, I'll talk about doing that. And then you and I, we've got to reschedule that call we were going to have, because I really sure. think what you've got's extremely valuable. Thank so you. That that really is the way, it is to ask that question to people. And I, I got to tell you, like for myself today, I'm planning on asking that question four more times of four other individuals. Today's been a challenging day. I think I told you a little bit about that before we got on. I'm just rolling with it. I'm rolling with it. Give it out there, put it out there. You know, our, our business is, is transforming whether we like it or not. Like the, the one that Teresa and I are in, we love what we do. We love who we do it for. And it needs to to shift. I can just feel it. God is giving that message to us with messages like what happened today, yeah. you know, and, and, and other things like that. And it's important that I'm open to those messages and that I do what needs to be done in order to make this successful. So, Alec, how do people um, get a hold of you for having you on podcasts, for having you talk at summits for consulting how do people get a hold of you what's the best way
0: yeah so the best thing is uh, my website which is you know A-L-E-C Speaks speaks com. Okay. and you can go there and there's a speakers page and a you know men- mentor uh, consulting page and all my social channel links are there so if someone wants to you know find me in all the different channels you don't have to go hunting around you just go there to alexspeaks.com and, and uh, connect in any way that works for, uh, for, for you. So
1: I love it. I love it. That's fantastic. Okay. So we're going to make sure we put that in the show notes of the show. So, um, listener, like this is the one and only Alex Stern. He's the real deal. He's, he's <laughs> on the founding team of constant contact and seven other startups. So it, it, I highly recommend that you go to alexspeaks.com and check out his material. If you've got a podcast, uh, bring him on. I'm going to introduce you to a few people who I know have podcasts and would love to have you on. And then uh, additionally, um, if you've got a company and you're in a startup phase and you'd like to have a great consultant, you definitely want to have uh, a conversation with Alec and see if uh, if it's a fit for him and if it's a fit for you. Make sure that you do that. And listener, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, this is awesome, Nikki. You're bringing on these incredible guests like Alec So the question I have for myself in in listening to Alec is, I'm inspired, what do I do next? I'm glad you asked that question. So here's what you do next. The first thing that you do is you go to the show notes, check out all Alec's stuff. The second thing that you do is you go to eCircleAcademy.com and you go smack dab in the middle of that page. There's a button that says, watch free webinar masterclass. And I've got a webinar masterclass that's all about helping you as an expert get clear on what you need to do in order to, properly monetize your expertise and your thought leadership. It's a it's a hour long and it's got five powerful steps for you to do that. And if you're a clinic owner and you're listening to this, then here's the deal. Go to the website and go click on the button that says book a success call. You can book a success call with us and we'll have a chat with you and we'll see if we can really be of service to you to help you grow your clinic and take it to the next level Teresa and I are doing a bunch of online podcasts right now so watch those take advantage of those they're all about best practices let's get you rocking and rolling so you you're not just a great doc you're not just a great expert you're one that makes money and you're one that has your time back because that's important okay so Alec listen god bless you man thank you so much for coming on the show it's been a lot of fun having you here man
0: uh, Nikki, thanks. It's been a pleasure. And I know uh, I've listened to several of your shows and I, I, I'm a fan. So thank you.
1: Oh, man. God bless your heart. Thanks for saying that. That makes me feel great. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Alex Jern, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. Check out the show notes and to find out more about how you can monetize your expertise. So when you're timed back, go to ecircleacademy.com and click on all the amazing resources that are there. Until next time, goodbye.